This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. This time, we are going to be interviewing Gadi Shamia, who is the CEO and co-founder of Replicant, which is a leader in the contact center automation world. We're going to be talking about all things customer service and support. And even if you're not in the contact center world, you're going to want to hear what Gadi has to say. I've known him for a number of years, worked with him when he was over at TalkDesk, and we actually did a tour together through the U.S., uh, hitting a number of customer events for TalkDesk. Well, now he's the CEO and co-founder, as I said, of Replicant. Before we get into the interview, a couple of really important announcements. If you've got an amazing customer service story you'd like to share, or you have a question, reach out to me on any of the social media channels. I'm just about everywhere. Use the hashtag AskShep if it's a question, and I'll answer the question right there, or I'll answer on this show, I'll answer my newsletter, or my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, and you can find episodes on uh, Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, and you can go to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. So that's it for the announcements. Let's get into the interview. Gotti, welcome to the show. Thrilled to be here again. Yeah, and it is again. You are a repeat offender. Uh, and back in the day when you were here, probably, what, about four or five years ago, I believe you were at Talk Desk. And we worked together. We actually, I did a road show with your company. We traveled around to a number of cities, had a great time, got to know you and your people a little bit better. And then you decide to leave and start this new company, Replicant. That's that's about right. That's correct. <laughs> so stayed in, the context, stayed in the contact center, um, just with a different angle. Right. And notice we're using the word contact center and everybody knows what contact center is. We're going to be talking about things related to customer service experience and the contact center. It's no longer the call center because it's so much more than just calls, which is where your technology replicant comes into play. Now, when I first saw the name of your company replicant, I thought, oh, you're trying to use AI and automation to replicate the customer experience as if it's a human to human experience. But then as we talked a little bit, just jumping on our interview today, you said, no, maybe in the beginning, that's what we thought it was going to be, but it changed. It's actually, I think, even better than that today. Yeah, we, we came to it thinking that uh, there is a way to replicate some of the uh, the human interactions um, on the phone and, and over chat and SMS um, using, using AI. And we realized during the process that we can actually do, I wouldn't even say better because we can do it differently. Uh, not every call can be automated. And the first thing we tell customers is that you don't want to automate calls that tend to be high emotional and very complex without a clear goal at the end. 
if you if you want to just talk about um even something which is not high emotion like planning your excursions on a cruise or something and there's a lot of advisory type of discussion it can go anywhere and back and forth that's not a great call to automate because human human brains are, are so flexible in moving around between different areas of different topics and jump off topic where ai is not there yet ai can do it but then it moves out of sync and, and become less focused in the goal you try to achieve. The calls we can automate really well are calls that have uh, what the way I think about a conversion funnel. You come in, uh, you have a goal, or we have a goal for you, and we just take you down this conversion funnel. So for this calls, we can actually do better than humans because we can leverage technology in real time in a way that no humans using a traditional user interface on computer screens typically as you well know, six, seven different systems on a computer screen can do as effectively. So when you pick the right calls, um, you can actually sometimes, uh, and we often see half the handle time uh, for to a resolution uh, compared to human agents because of that. Right. So sometimes, uh, first of all, the this is what we found in our research is that 71% of customers are willing to go to a digital experience and use a digital experience. Um, it's not necessarily where they turn to first, but when we teach them, and specifically companies are really good at this, certain companies have done a great job of teaching customers to go to try the digital solution before you actually end up making the call. And most of the time it works out really well. You just said something really important. You said it cuts down time. And so that's really important. Friction is, I think, uh, wasting time is friction for a customer. So if we can cut the amount of time it takes from, yeah, let's say it was three minutes down to a minute, minute and a half, just to give an example, almost 50%, boy, we're saving the customer time. We're getting their answer. Why wouldn't they be happy? You specifically mentioned how uh, roadside assistance, you had a great example of how uh, you didn't even know where you were. It took like five minutes of a person talking to you and asking you questions and and trying to figure out yeah. exactly what your address is when today with your uh, product literally seconds before you know uh, where on a roadside assistance situation your vendor whoever it is you're dealing with knows where you are yeah well i was there's several really important points here a my personal stories i was on, on on highway 280 and the uh agent insisted on asking me which city i am and i okay. never now, 280 by the way is between san francisco and wherever you were going and, and you know palo alto and and uh you never think of highways in terms of cities because they're kind of always out of the city so um it's hard it was really hard for me to provide the answer but you you brought up a really important point uh often uh leaders in customer service or, or cmos think that when a customer call customer service they really want the human touch and they they want some values that that, that uh, um, maybe sit in a brand in a brand guideline somewhere, but what people want is for their issue to go away. So if think of roadside assistance, if your options are one of the two, call uh, call traditional customer service uh, contact center, wait on hold anything between one minute if you're really lucky to sometimes 30, 40 minutes until an agent is available. And then speak with an agent for an average of 11 minutes or 10 minutes is the average handle time for roadside assistance calls. And the end of the, say, 30 minutes plus 10, uh, a tow truck is dispatched your way. So you spend 40 minutes on the transaction, in this case, um, having a tow truck send your way. And then however long it takes the tow truck to arrive, say it's another half an hour, the whole thing from problem to a tow truck um, arriving to you took an hour and 10 minutes. 
Imagine you can call and never wait on hold. So it's predictable. You don't need to worry about, do I have the time frame to call and, and, uh, uh, and wait now for, uh, for, for, the, for the agent and listen to whatever the, the marketing team want to put on the IVR's recording. And then the call itself takes half the time. So now five minutes after you called, you have a tow truck coming your way. And if the tow truck arrived in the same exact 30 minutes, 35 minutes to relieve versus an hour and 10 minutes for, to relieve. That's a significant difference. And I would, it would, I find it really hard to find a single customer that says, I'll wait half an hour just to speak with a human about this transaction. <laughs> but what you want is your problem to go away versus speaking with the human in most cases. Uh, if the call is, again, transactional uh, and a machine can do a really great job. Now, more interestingly, we're really worried that safety issues um, are going to be a problem. What happens if the customer has, uh, the caller has a safety-related problem? Maybe they locked out of the vehicle, it's summer or winter, and there's an there's a animal or a baby locked in. Uh, what we realize is that, that if we can capture this and we ask about safety issues very early on in the call, if we can capture them early on and we identify, say, there's a, there's a pet in the vehicle, we can transfer you right away to an agent, but now the agent know why the transfer happens. So it's not the traditional first come, first serve in contact centers. We already identified maybe a minute in the call that there's a safety issue. And now we transfer you to an agent, but we give we kind of give you a VIP pass. So rather than waiting with everybody else in queue, you're going to speak with an agent that is fully trained and qualified to deal with your specific issue of this pet locked in the vehicle. So even in cases where uh, we don't want to take any risk, you're going to get to, to an agent faster. Right. It's the best of both worlds, I think, to be able for a company to understand the balance between digital experience and human experience. And I think it's it's fair to push people to the digital experience first and immediately get them to the human if needed and as a backup. And, in, and as you mentioned, um, in the case of an emergency, you get put to the front of the line. The other comment, though, I want to make is you said that trying to figure out the city, you're on a highway between two major cities. Halfway through, you break down and they go and you're talking to a human being who says, well, well, what's your address? You go, well, I'm on the highway. I don't know the address. Well, what city are you in? Well, I left San Francisco 20, 30 minutes ago. I don't know what city I'm in. I mean, I I, I, I know that the next exit is such and such. Um does that help you? And you said that thanks to um, you can ping somebody's cell phone. And as soon as they respond, you have the you know geo capability of nailing it within 10 feet of where they are. So you know exactly where they are. Exactly. And all of it happened really quickly. Even if you collect an address, even if you know where you are, maybe you're at a friend's house and you know the exact address, you could just say it. I'm at, you know, one, two, three, um, you know, Fort, Fort Knox Street uh, in the city. And because we run it real time against a geo API, you don't have to spell it to an agent that never heard the street name. We just go understand it in, in, uh, in 10 seconds. And what people don't realize is behind the scene, agents work with ancient systems, with terrible UI. They don't have Google autocomplete. They don't have spell checker. Uh, so the task, the reason why it takes so long to grab your address is because the agent just worked literally with a phone fill they have to fill and they have to make sure it's right because there's no validation uh, whatsoever on their side in most systems. So we do that, but if we, if the, the customer does not know, 
boom, SMS is sent in real time because again, there's no need now to move to a different user interface, type an SMS or, or choose a script. We just do it in real time. And 10 seconds later, the customer um, uh, will, will let us know exactly where they are. And this address is going to be um, in, entirely correct. The other really interesting thing you mentioned, you land, you, you now land, I want to I bring it to a, um, a roadside assistant example. You said you land and you get a text message saying your, your um, suitcases are, are going to be delayed or whatever the thing is. We actually complete the loop very nicely with roadside assistance by being proactive, which is something that customer service centers don't often do. So we tell you a truck is going to come in 30 minutes. And of course, it's estimated time. Then there's a massive traffic jam or an accident. The truck is going to be delayed in an hour. We'll automatically call you and tell you, we're so sorry, but your truck is, is delayed. But it's not a dumb robocall. We're going to ask you, are you still there? Because maybe a good Samaritan passed by and, and um, help you to the nearest gas station or, mm-hmm. or even help you all together. So you don't, you don't have to go and chase, trucks don't have to chase uh, ghost cases that no longer uh, exist or move to a different place. We ask you if you're still safe. So we always have the way to stay in touch with you. And we can do it exactly at the right time versus hoping an agent will be able to give you a call if the truck is delayed now because 50 other trucks are delayed. So the, the poor agent that need to make dozens and dozens of calls. So it's a really nice way to bridge between reactive let me answer your issue right now and proactive. Let me keep you updated of the right. progress of your recovery. But customers love when when companies are proactive. And you mentioned the airline experience. Uh, prior to us jumping on the interview, I mentioned a great digital experience. I walked off an airplane, immediately got a text message from the airline. Uh, and it said, we're really sorry. Your bags were not on this plane. I, I, I'm paraphrasing. It wasn't exactly that. They did say they were sorry, though. And and they told me exactly what to expect. And I said, oh, this is disappointing. But at the same time, it was very good because number one, I didn't have to go and wait at baggage claim because they told me it wasn't going to be there. They told me I didn't even have to go to the office, but just respond back with the address where I'll be and they will deliver the bag to me later on in the day. I don't think it could have been any easier than that. There was no calling, waiting on hold. Everything was proactive and it was all digital. It was amazing. And, and, and that's a twist we, we are taking as well on on, uh, on SMS. Uh, we often send, we have customers in the e-commerce space and subscription services, and, and we and they will send a message to their customer saying, your, your package is going to deliver tomorrow. No, no, no exception, no, just a notification. And the customer can reply to it and said, oh, I'm not going to be home. Can you reroute it to someplace else? Or can you push it a week? Or can you hold it? whatever the thing is, or your payment is due, and you can go and pay directly from there. So we want to turn all this out, outbound notifications into two-way conversation, because I'm sure you can you remember a time when a doctor office messaged you about an appointment that uh, uh, is, due to, is happening tomorrow and said, oh, I can't make it. And now you have to figure out how to call them. Um, and it's a whole different experience than just saying, I can't make it. You got to reply, when can you make it? You know, next week. And and, in, and again, just like you described it in a, in, a, in a two, three text exchanges, you can have a new appointment. Right. I love that. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, you have a really unique definition of what customer service is. I want everybody to hear it. And we're also going to talk about your benchmark report, the automation and contact center benchmark report that just came out. And by the way, even if you're not in the contact center world and working in that space, you are going to want to hear this information because it'll give you a really good idea of what customers are thinking about how customer service is being handled. We are talking with Gadi Shamia. He is the CEO and co-founder of Replicant, and we are coming right back. Don't go away. 
Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll-be-back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Gadi Shamia, the CEO and co-founder of Replicant. We've been talking about all things customer service and support. And I want to kick off the second half of our interview with your definition of what customer service is. I thought it was extremely insightful. It needs to be tweeted and uh, we're going to we're going to blow it up, make a meme out of it. It's we're, you're going to be famous because of this. You have you have some uh, ownership here because I just thought about it as we were at, were chatting. So it's the inspiration came um uh, just There was collaboration. So I can claim this is mine. <laughs> no, I can claim you inspired <laughs> it uh by your, by your glowing presence. Um, you know, I always think of a customer service as the gap between how you design your system or product and how it actually functions. Um, because you, when you design your product, you plan for it to work perfectly. You plan for suitcases to arrive um, on, in the right time. You, play for, you plan for the shipments to, um, uh, to arrive on time. You plan for cars to never break in the middle of the road. We don't plan a world um, to the breakage points. And in some cases, when it's really common, you can, you can automate customer service, automating a, a cancellation of a flight or something like this. But in often cases, customer service come in this gap where you did not design the way to fix the problem your system created or the fix is too complex. And this is why customers so call customer service. This is why for the last eight, nine years I'm in this space and people keep keep predicting that the volume of customer service is going to decrease due to uh, um, how much of customer service is now built into products. It doesn't because there's still a gap. You improve your product and the gap, the gap happens someplace else. Um, you used to call an airline to, to order your veggie meal. Now I can do it online, but a new gap is created because there is much more complex uh, uh, memberships and, and promotions and cross promotions. So the gap always exists and this is where customer service is. And effective customer service closes gap really quickly and efficiently. Ineffective customer service uh, create, create bad will and, and anxiety for the customer by not closing this gap real quickly. Yeah, I, and, and part of that bad gap is when you have to repeat your story several times to different people. Um, you have the terrible experience of having the weight on hold. And I, I don't think, you know, anybody, when, when, when the company says your call is really important to us, I don't believe they're lying, but their actions do speak louder than their words. When they force you on hold, you get disconnected. You talk to people who don't know who you are, don't understand the problem. You have to talk to someone else. And it really becomes... Well, well, in my research, and I want to talk about your research in a moment, I believe it was uh, 48% of the over 1,000 consumers that we uh, 
interviewed and surveyed felt that they'd rather go to the dentist than call customer support. So. I, I often I often feel this way. If you look at the definition of customer service is the gap between how you design your system and how it actually operates. One of the biggest challenges for customer service leaders, which are which 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 are your audience and your listeners, is that they don't have a lot of control over this this uh, closing this gap. Customers may call you a lot about a specific issue and you are looking at the words, how will I solve it? It's in the hand of product or IT or engineering, and it's on the roadmap for 2027. What automation does, and this is maybe the most important uh, takeaway from, from um, uh, working with customers in the last few years, what automation does, it, it gives the head of customer service a freedom to close this gap on their own without affecting their, their team. The gap may still exist. The gap may be closed over time. But now the head of customer service without IT, without engineering, without changing the supply chain issues can start closing their gaps on their own. And it's a huge difference compared to always relying on someone else to close this gap or throw agents at the problem when the gap is created. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice. The human is a backup. It should be a, a strong backup. And like you said earlier in our conversation, when you have an emotional issue, uh, that's very important to pass that person on to a human who can show empathy and care, which oftentimes automation can't do. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, voice-based automation. Um, I'm, I know this is something that was right out of your report, uh, which, by the way, it is titled The Automation in the Context Center Benchmark Report. Very creative title, I might add. A, a, no, actually, it's a very descriptive title. No doubt about it. Automation. And, and this, call, by the way, you can, what find, it is. Yeah, you can find this at uh, the Replicant website. It's Replicant, R-E-P-L-I-C-A-N-T dot A-I. And uh, if you go there, they should be able to find a box to get the information and download the report. Yes. Yes, that's correct. Great, great. So everybody knows where to get that. All right, let's talk about uh, voice-based automation. Here's what I think of it. And you tell me, Shep, that's the way it used to be. This is what I'm hoping you're going to say. Or my guess is it's the way it used to be and should be different, but some companies still stuck in the past. I call a company, I get the phone tree. It's an automated voice attendant repeating everything I say back to me. <laughs> asking me to confirm things, talking in this robotic voice that sounds nothing like a human and takes twice as long to hear. It drives me crazy. Maybe that's my ADD kicking in. I don't know. But uh, that drives me crazy. Tell me it's better today and going to be better in the future. It is. The, the interesting insight of my uh, CTO and co-founder, Benjamin Glatzman, was uh, he always felt when he taught was his, when he taught was his old systems uh, that he needed to learn how to speak robot and how to speak with the systems in a way they understand. For example, if you want to book a you know, bus ticket, you cannot say, I'm leaving from Dallas, Texas. You have to say, Dallas, Texas. So as a customer, you need to be onboarded to speak robot. Now, we don't speak robot all the time. We want to speak human. And what his design principle from day one is, I don't want to lower humans to the level of a machine. I want to elevate the machine to the level of the human. Boom. And in order to do that, you have to allow speaking in full sentences. You have to ask to repeat only when you don't understand or you don't have strong confidence that um, uh, that we understood you correctly or the information is so damn critical. We have to uh, um, to get it correct, but you don't have to do it all the time. You don't have to, to create a monotonous um, experience. And the reality is, this is this was a shock to me. The average handling time across all our calls is at least 
35% shorter than humans for the same exact goal, and often cases 50% shorter, which means that we actually do something right. Even if it sounds like maybe, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the calls, of course, much more scripted, but we actually get stuff done uh, much, much quicker. So, yes, we are we are talking about a whole different paradigm. It's just getting better um, all the time. So it's another area where every few months, uh, not few years, every few months, the technology we, we develop becoming even stronger even, and even better. What's the principle about the microchip excelling uh, and getting better yeah, and better? Moves low. Yes, yes, yes. So we ha- we have similar, we have very similar uh, similar situation in AI now. Not only computing become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, and there's GPUs you can you can uh, buy on the cheap. Uh, especially now, there's less crypto in the world. Uh, but also, uh, there's a lot of open source and a lot of companies collaborate to create better models. Not all of them are relevant. Um, I'm sure some some listeners heard about things like GPT-3 and all those conversation models or play with Dali uh, to create images. A lot of it is very open ended. In customer service, we need conversion. You don't want to have a chat about the weather was was about. You want to get your problem solved. So we use models that are much more focused on on resolving uh, issues, but they become better and better and better um, in understanding you correctly. Give you one one stat, uh, which is internal. We, we are at 96 percent uh, uh, inference accuracy, which means if you're going to say 20 different things, 20 different utterance sentences in a call, we're going to get right 19 times of 20, which is probably better than humans because a very focused human will get 20 out of 20. But do you think anyone can stay focused for eight hours uh, in a contact center dealing with 50, 60 different calls? No, they will text their their, their boyfriend or girlfriend. They will look at Facebook and here you go. (laughs) Can you say it again? Yeah, I know. I know. You know, so you're telling me that the computer now is capable of knowing whether or not they understand the customer's intent in their statement. Uh, you said that they the inference, I believe, is the word you use. Yeah, inference accuracy is 96%, which I, I would argue is better than, than, the, than the average human in a contact center, because we always think that uh, for AI to work, it needs to be better than human. It's can't. It needs to be better than the human that works for the eighth hour or even the third hour in a contact center doing the same exact task time and time again. This is not you now super focused on me and trying to listen to what I say and being highly engaged. This is someone that just sits for the third or fourth or fifth hour answering the same exact questions with the same exact customers. And this is the fifth day of the week they're doing it. Oh, wow. So yeah, I imagine they get a little burnt out. They get a little tired. They lose focus. This is great. All right. We're down to where we have very little time left. I always ask the final question is the one last nugget of information. That one thing that you feel you want to share with us that our audience would love to hear. What would that be? I, I would say two things. One, automation today in the contact center uh, is real and can resolve real issues in really high percentage. And we give the power to the head of customer service to the VP of customer service to actually start owning, resolving their issues and closing the gap between the design of the system and how the system actually functions and move away uh, this, this power from IT to, to uh, the business, the people that actually deal with the problems is really powerful and new uh, in this world. Love it, love it. And going back to what you just said, uh, which ties into your definition of customer service, we wanna reduce the gap so that is a very important number to be looking at. It's just how you don't want to, it's not just how many calls you get, how often you uh, resolve them properly, your ratings, et cetera. It's let's figure out a way to close the gap. 
because that means you're not just uh, working on customer support, you're actually working on the system to ideally eliminate customer support. Here we are, two bald guys. And by the way, you can't see this because you're listening, everybody, but we are two bald guys. There's another bald guy, Jeff Bezos, who said, we should be so good that customers never need to call us for support. And actually I found out Jeff wasn't the one that said it. Jeff was the one that asked his first VP of customer experience or customer service. Uh, Bill Price, I believe was his name. He was the first hire uh, executive VP of global service. And he says, what's your definition? And he said, we should be so good. Nobody needs to call us. I think that would be cool. Not realistic today because there's always going to be a gap. When it comes to CEO and product is, is being improved all the time, it's, it's a bit more realistic. But if you want a proof point that, that uh, uh, heads of customer service understand that, 91% is coming from the report of contact center leaders think that automation is a critically important task for them for the next 12 months. So we are getting to a point where this is well understood now in the in the customer service industry and everybody either working on active project, planning to work on active project, or already implemented something. Very exciting times ahead in the customer service and support world. Thank you, Gotti, for being on the show. Uh, it was my pleasure. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will be back next week with another interview. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.